Lord, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to be praying for the country Netherlands. I'm going to be reading from 1 Timothy 2 from verse 1. It says, first of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in a position of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior, who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truths. Hallelujah. Let us begin to pray at this time for Netherlands. Kindly unmute yourself as you pray. Ba <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. At this time, is there anyone who would like to um, round off the prayers for the nation of Netherlands? 
in two minutes. You can just signify by the raising up of your hands. Um, Sister Anu, would you kindly unmute yourself and round off the prayer for the nation of Netherlands? Hallelujah. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, dear Father, we thank you. So Baragadelige Poshakata. We thank you for the nation of Netherlands. We thank you, Father. For we pour forth righteousness and salvation on the nation. And we declare, Lord, that your glory and your will is established in the nation. Your will mm -hmm. for the nation of Netherlands is established in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, for yes, your plan and will for the nations at this time is established alone in Netherlands in the name of Jesus. I'll pray for those that are sick in the nation, Lord, that you restore them to health in the name of Jesus. We give mm -hmm. you praise. For yes, your glory fills the earth, your glory fills the nation, and we pray against violence. We declare, Lord, that an end has come to evil and violence in the name of Jesus. The citizens in the nation enjoy your goodness alone in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Amen. O God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we pray and we thank you for all men in the nation of Netherlands. We pray for President Mark. Rute, the kings, the prime ministers, the governors, and using the presidents, the prime minister Mark Rute, as a point of contact. We pray for all in authority in Netherlands. We ask, Father, that you would pour out your spirit of salvation upon Netherlands, bringing many to salvation, bringing many to righteousness and to the knowledge of the truth. Father, let your kingdom come upon Netherlands. The name of Jesus is named upon and is glorified in Netherlands. They lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty in Netherlands. Oh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We rebuke and restrain every force of evil in Netherlands. We rebuke every evil spirit of anarchy, violence and deception and war in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cut out Satan and his demons of darkness from Netherlands. And we bring in the ministry of angels, hallelujah. The kingdom of God is upon Netherlands and the will of God is done upon Netherlands. Good triumphs over evil, Netherlands. 
and righteousness prevails forevermore. Lord, you love Netherlands and you plan good for them. You filled Netherlands with your goodness. Although evil men have hijacked economies of nations and put them in poverty, now we pray in the name of Jesus against such men and women responsible for creating poverty in nations. Men and women who have hijacked the financial systems of, of Netherlands and created poverty with their greed, selfishness, and evil works. In the name of Jesus, we free the financial systems of Netherlands from these dubious men and women. We free Netherlands from terrible economic policies orchestrated by these people that have bound them and kept them in poverty. We declare that in the name of Jesus, this evil proceeds no further. We cut it off in the name of Jesus. We frustrate their plans and we diminish their resources to execute any wickedness any further. We cut off their influence and power to control Netherlands for their selfish ends. We free Netherlands from fear and we proclaim deliverance for her. For our leaders and our people, we declare in the name of Jesus that Netherlands is free to enjoy the goodness of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we repeal, we counsel, and we appropriate every unjust and evil law passed in parliament or by decree in Netherlands. Only laws that are to the benefit of the people in consistency with the righteousness of God. Only such laws, hallelujah. I decree that every draconian law hurriedly and secretly passed during the COVID-19 fiasco to perpetrate the planned evil are cut down in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for all who are sick in Netherlands. We receive grace and mercy for them and we declare that the love of God prevails in their behalf and the healing power of God overwhelms them and they are restored to wholeness and they come to know the love of God and his salvation such that they serve God with their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ in Netherlands. We pray for ministers of the gospel and Christians and the Christians that they lead in the nation of Netherlands. We declare that they are strong in faith, giving glory to God. They are filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. They are bold, fearless, and courageous. They are in nothing terrified by their adversaries, but are forceful in advancing the cause of the gospel and the kingdom. They are filled with the knowledge of God's will, discerning these end times. We pray for this those being persecuted, that they be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men in Netherlands. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, Netherlands is your own country. Yes, Netherlands is completely cut off from wicked and unreasonable men. 
Bale ko sufre kida prala kabasuta. Ligo shufre kida prala kabasuta kabasuta kabaya. Bondo frekida klodo kabasuta kabaya la basuta kabaya. Oh, we thank you for Netherlands. Netherlands, we serve you. And in our cities, yes, in our territories, in our states, they will sing of the love of God. They will know the name of Jesus Christ abroad. Netherlands is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yes, Netherlands is sanctified unto the living God most high. And every culture, every tradition in the nation of Netherlands that is inconsistent with your perfect will, plans, and purposes, inconsistent with the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we cut it off permanently in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, we render it useless and ineffective in this day. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, La Krasatakabaya. Yes, Netherlands is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, Lord, we worship you. We exalt your holy name, for you are God all by yourself. Worship and adore you. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' precious name, we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Glory to God. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in this time of intercessory prayers. Hallelujah. Right away, we're going into a session of praise and worship, after which we'll be having the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, dear esteemed Sister Harriet. Thank you so much, everyone. You have a beautiful weekend ahead of you. God bless you. Sister Harriet, we can't hear you. Log out and log in. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus forever. Thank you, Father. I'll just go ahead and lift up your hands and worship to our God.
give him praise for who he is. Thank you, Lord. We love you with all our heart. We give you praise, O God. Oh, with a voice lifted up to the ends of the earth, singing praise to you, God. I bless you, O God, forevermore. With my voice lifted high to the ends of the earth, singing praise to you, God. I bless you, O God, forevermore. With my voice lifted high. To the ends of the earth, singing praise to you, God. I bless you, O God, forevermore. Hey, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, O God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Oh, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh, God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Oh, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Hey, with my voice lifted up. To the ends of the earth, singing praise to you, God. I bless you, oh God, forevermore. Oh, with my voice lifted high to the ends of the earth. Singing praise to you, God. I bless you, oh God, forevermore. Oh, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Hey, hey, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul. I praise 
you God forevermore. Yeah, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Oh, 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 I praise you, God, forevermore. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I praise you, God, forevermore. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. of my heart, I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul, I praise you, God, forevermore, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart, I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul, I praise you, God, forevermore. Hey, I worship you, God, from the depth of my heart. I serve you, oh God, with all of my soul. I praise you, God, forevermore. Hey, Lord, we worship you in all the earth. Lord, we worship you, the great I am. Lord, we worship you through and through. Lord, we worship you for who you are. Lord, we worship you in all the earth. Lord, 
God, we worship you, the great I am. Lord, we worship you through and through. Lord, we worship you for who you are. Yeah, we worship you in all the earth. Lord, we worship you, the great I am. Lord, we worship you through and through. Lord, we worship you for who you are. You are faithful and just in all the earth, faithful and just, the great I am, faithful and just, through and through, Lord, we worship you. You are faithful and just in all the earth, righteous and true, the great I am. Faithful and just, yes, through and through, Lord, we worship you, hey, hey, Lord, we worship you, oh, you are faithful and just, faithful and just, in all the earth. faithful and just, the great I am, faithful and just, through and through, Lord, we worship you. Ooh, Lord, we worship you. Hey, oh, Lord, we worship Oh, oh, we worship you. Hey, hey, we give you praise. Yes, oh God, 
we worship you from the depth of our heart. We know that is within us, yes. We worship you. We give you praise, oh God. You are exalted, lifted in all the earth. We worship you. Oh, we join in heaven's chorus. We sing and worship you. Faithful God. Mighty God, we worship you, righteous one, the holy God, we worship you, you are faithful, you are holy, oh God, we worship you, Ah, we worship you in all the earth. We give you praise. We worship you. We join in with the host of angels and worship you with our hands lifted up and our mouths filled with praise. Hey. We worship you. We give you praise from the depth of our heart. Yay. We worship you with the fruit of our lips. Yeah, we sing your praises to your name. We worship you. Yeah. We give you praise, oh God. We worship you. We thank you, Father. We honor you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are. Thank you so much, Pastor Debbie, for the refreshing time of prayers. And thank you so much, Sister Harriet for our times of worship. My name is Arewone, and I'm going to be taking the Rhapsody reading for us today. Praise the Lord. I'll just wait for Brother Martins to put it up. Thank you so much. And today is Friday the 13th, and Pastor says to us, we don't live by blood. <laughs> and the scripture reading is taken from Romans chapter 8 verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you Praise God. So we're going to read the Rhapsody together like we always do whilst we're muted. And Pastor says, in Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Before you were born again, your body lived by blood. But from the day you were born again and received the Holy Spirit, you received the God life. That doesn't require blood for its scent sustenance. Now you can you can better appreciate what the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. 
but as many as have received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. Oh, glory to God. When you're born again, you're not born. When you're born again, you're not human. You're divine. That, that old system of having life in your body through your blood ceased to be. It was replaced by the life of the Holy Spirit. No wonder Jesus said in Mark 16, 18, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Oh, praise the Lord. There's no position that gets, there's no point, sorry, I'll take that again. There's no poison that gets into your system through the blood vessels that's potent enough to wreak a havoc. This is because the life in you is indestructible. It's the life of the Holy Spirit. Those who don't understand this truth, those who don't those who don't understand this truth live the ordinary human life. That's the reason they can't be buff- they can be buffeted and affected by sickness, disease, infirmity, failure, lack, and the corrupting influences of this present world of darkness. Refuse to think, talk, and act or live like a mere human being. Otherwise, you'll suffer what humans suffer. Don't let the lamentation of the psalmist in Psalm 82, verse 5 to 7, describe the reality of your life. It says, it says, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes rather live the god life the divine life because you're born of god which makes you a god gods don't live by blood hallelujah oh praise god now when i was meditating on um, this rhapsody reading the spirit of god reminded me of um what um, john g lake said back in 1910 during the bubonic plague um, there was a plague that broke out and I think about this time he was in South Africa and so people were afraid to bring the dead bodies out of the houses to bring them out to the streets um, for, for the bodies to be burnt and John G. Lake and his wife they volunteered to be the ones to take the bodies out of these places to bring them out and um, around that time they had scientists there as well trying to study um, these people's lungs to sort of understand the disease and And at one point in time, a doctor approached Don G. Lake and asked him, why is it that you're not getting sick? And um, they cut a piece of this man's lung and they looked under the microscope of one of the dead bodies and they could see the infestation of the plague. And then they put that piece of lung on John G. Lake's hand and (laughs) the the lung just um, changed color. It was looking infected before but as soon as it touched his hand it changed color completely and um 
He then, the doctor then asked him, why is this? He said, you know what? Just take my blood, take my blood, put it under the microscope and have a look at my blood. They took his blood and put it under the microscope and there was, the, the, his blood was different. They put it next to the infected blood of one of the pe uh, people that had died. And the, the blood from John G. Lake overshadowed that other blood and both the bloods became normal. And the doctor asked him and said, why is this? And he said that that's what happens when the spirit of God lives inside of you. The life that you have from the spirit of God overshadows the human life. And I remember when I listened to that from God's generals, my understanding completely changed of the life that I carry. And around that time, it was around December time, I said to God, I said, God, you've made me a nurse for a reason. I need to change lives. Um, and around that time, I was working in ICU and it was just it was unbelievable because around that time you bring patients into ICU. Once they go on the ventilators, um, if they've not been vaccinated, everybody gives up on the patient. They do everything they can for the ones who have been vaccinated, but they're unvaccinated. They, they give up on them. No nurse wants to take the patient. So I started volunteering myself to take these patients that were, that were not vaccinated. And I remember I had this particular patient for a week running of three weeks. This man was unvaccinated, a Muslim man. I had him and the first week we, 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 we intubated him. Once you're intubated, if you're not vaccinated, you know you're not coming off from the ventilator. But for this man, once we intubated him, I looked after him for a good three weeks. I kept volunteering. Every time I was looking after him, I'll be speaking life into him. And the good thing is that you're wearing masks. So I'll be holding his hand and speaking life into him. Whilst I'm giving him medication, I'll be speaking words. And I remember there'll be times as I'm speaking words, the anointing would just be oozing out of me and I just knew that it was going into him and then two weeks later um we we um we took him off the ventilator two weeks later we then actually find out that he wasn't he shouldn't have even been on the ventilator in the first place. He had actually developed a PE, which didn't even need him to be on the ventilator in the first place. When we took him off the ventilator, we, um, we found that we needed to just help his airway a bit. So he ended up having a tracheostomy inside. And by then he just started to make a miraculous recovery. And I remember this particular time when he woke up, he then asked for his Quran cube. I said to him, but you know, this thing won't help you. He said, no, I just want something I have faith in. Just bring it to me. Just let me listen. I said, okay, I'll bring it and you will listen. And he listened to it. And then a week later, I come back. I'm discharging the patient out of ICU. This man spent four weeks in ICU. Never, ever have I looked after a patient that's not vaccinated, that was on the ventilator, that came out of intensive care within four weeks. I took him back to the ward. As I was taking him back to the ward, the man started lifting up his hands. He said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I knew from that moment that this man had seen Jesus as I was ministering to him all those weeks when I was looking after him. When I took him back to the ward, he said, thank you for looking after me. Thank you for not giving up on me. And he said, my God, my God, I just... I was so joyful. I leaped out of that ward crying. The nurses couldn't understand why I was crying, but I knew why I was crying. And I'm, I'm saying this because the life we carry is different. There ought to be a difference between me and the one who's not born again. And 
the, 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 the ordinary elements of the world should not affect us in any way, shape, or form. We are of a different breed. You know, I was looking at that verse when it says, not of the will of men, but not of incorruptible, but the will of God that lives in a the word of God that lives in a bite forever. That means it was God's determination to give us a life that is beyond the ordinary human life, a life that is not subject to the elements of the world, a life that when you step out of your house, people should know. Like how the Bible talks about the shadow that healed when they were, when they were, the apostles' shadows healed people when they were walking. That should be our testimony. How we shouldn't be sub to anything it, it should be us who as soon as we touch somebody you touch someone maybe they've had depression or something the moment you touch them their their, their mindset is changed peace overshadows them Th that should be us because sometimes we think that the elements are just physical only but there's also mental structures as well that you come into a place you speak words and suddenly somebody's life changes just smiling at them suddenly their life changes your shadow going past it changes i i always tell god as i pray that god that same way that in azusa street when they had the revival there in azusa street that people would go past their house that that church and all of a sudden people who didn't even know Jesus would start speaking in tongues that people's hands would grow who had been who had their limbs amputated I want that to be a testimony of me that when people go past my house they can't explain the presence that's in my house they just want to knock at my door to ask me you know what is it that you have whatever it is you have I want it and I said you brought me to this city for a reason because I remember when I moved where I moved, God told me, he said, I brought you here because of Smith Wigglesworth. And I said, God, whatever it is that he had, I know I have it. Because I, I look at all these generals, they were all arrested for healing without a license. God, I want to I want them to arrest me as well for healing without a license. I always tell God that. So, you know, the life we live is, a, is an extraordinary life. It, it, sickness has to be scared of you. Nobody connected to you should be scared. Sickness must not even have the audacity to think that it has a right to come anywhere near anybody that's connected to you. And you know, when it comes to divine health, this is one thing that I have meditated on so much. I remember what Jesus said. He said, greater works than this shall they do. But how do you do greater works than the ones Jesus did? If you allow sickness to ravage your body, you can't because you need the body so that means that when it's time to sleep you must sleep when it's time to eat you eat but you have to make sure you eat the right things at the right time <laughs> so i just want to say you know the life we live is beyond human we are superhumans so to say and the blood we have is not the ordinary blood is the blood of jesus christ that runs through our veins Oh, thank you so much. I just want to thank you so much, Sister Amrak, for this opportunity. Um, I'm so grateful. Thank you so, so much. Everybody have a blessed day and keep reigning and winning in this life. Thank you. Well, thank you, esteemed Sister Reho. Thank you, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on where you are connected from at the moment. With the devotion and the rhapsody of realities. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and offered all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says, now Christ lives in his life. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life giving spirit in part because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of reservation lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that brings life into you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take the confessions together. Please do not omit your mic. Just repeat after me. I live above the world and its systems. Above sickness, disease, and the corrupting forces of this present world of darkness. The power of the spirit that raised Christ from the dead has vitalized and given life to my physical body. I live the transcendent life of glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are going over to the further studies of today's devotion, and we are still in the book of Luke. Thank you, esteemed Brother Martins, for sharing your screen. We are in Luke chapter 6, from 25. When they finally found him, that's Jesus, they asked him, Teacher, how did you get here? Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you try for food that is perishable and not to be passionate to seek the food of internal life, which never spoils? I, the son of man, am ready to give you what matters most. For God, the father, has destined me for this purpose. They replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? Jesus answered, the work you can do, God, starts with believing in the one he has sent. They replied, show us a miracle so we can see it, and then we'll believe in you. Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert, just like the scripture says. He fed them with bread from heaven. What signs will you perform for us? The truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. Then please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Yet I've told you that even though you have seen me, you still don't believe in me. But everyone my father has given to me, they will come and all who come to me, I will embrace and will never turn them away. And I have come out of heaven, not for my own desires, but for the satisfaction 
of my father who sent me. My father who sent me has determined that I will not lose even one of those he has given to me, and I will raise them up in the last day. For the longing of my father is that everyone who embraces the son and believes in him will experience eternal life, and will raise them up in the last day. When the Jews who were hostile to Jesus heard him say, I'm the bread that came down from heaven, they immediately began to complain. How can he say these things about himself? We know him and we know his parents. How dare he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus responded, stop your grumbling. The only way people come to me is by the father who sent me. He pulls on their hearts to embrace me. And those who are drawn to me, I will certainly raise them up in the last day. Jesus continued. It has been written by the prophets. They will all be taught by God himself. If you are really listening to the Father and learning directly from him, you will come to me. For I am the only one who has come from the Father's side and I have seen the Father. I speak to you the living truth. Unite your heart to me and believe and you will experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. Your ancestors ate manners in the desert and died. But standing here before you is a true bread that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. I alone am the living bread that has come to you from heaven. This bread, and you will live forever. The living bread I give you is my body, which I offer as a sacrifice so that you all may live. This words of Jesus sparked an angry outburst among the Jews. They protested, saying, Does this man expect us to eat his body? Jesus replied to them, Listen to this internal truth. Unless you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have internal life. Internal life comes to the one who eats my blood, my body and drinks my blood, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my body is real food for your spirits, and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my body and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. Praise the Lord. This comes to the end of today's New Testament reading. I'm going to hand over to Esteem Brother John for the Old Testament. Thank you everyone. Have a wonderful day. Sister uh, Pastor Inye, you still have three more verses to read. Thank you. Okay, sorry. The Father of life sent me and is my life in the same way the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. I'm not like the bread your ancestors ate and later died. I'm the living bread that comes from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. Jesus preached this sermon in the synagogue in Capero. Thank you, Brother Esther, Brother Martin. <clears throat> Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Old Testament segments. 
of our one-year bridging plan. Thank you so much, Pastor Nye, for, for taking us through the New Testament. And thank you, Sister Arenho, for that awesome Rhapsody of Realities reading. It was mind-blowing. Praise God. And thank you, Esteem Damarak, for this opportunity. So today, we're reading the book of um, First uh, Kings, chapter 10 and 11. So today, we're looking at the visit of uh, queen, queen, the Queen of Sheba to Solomon. We we'll also look at how Solomon's wives turned him against the Lord or from the Lord. And we also see how Solomon died. So it's an interesting read. Kindly journey with me as we read through. Praise God. From verse 1, when the Queen of Sheba heard how wonderfully the Lord had blessed Solomon with, his wisdom, with wisdom, she decided to test him with some hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a long train of camels carrying spices, gold, and jewels. And she told him all her problems. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too difficult for him. But the Lord gave him the right answers every time. She soon realized that everything she had ever heard about his great wisdom was true. She also saw the beautiful palace he had built. And when she saw the wonderful foods on his table, the great number of servants and aides who stood around in splendid uniforms, his cupbearers, and the many offerings he sacrificed by fire to the Lord. Well, there was no more spirit in her. She has claimed to him, everything I heard in my own country about your wisdom and about the wonderful things going on here is all true. I didn't believe it until I came. But now I have seen it for myself. And really, the half had not been told me. The wisdom and prosperity are far greater than anything I've ever heard of. Your people are happy and your palace aids are content. How could, you, could it be otherwise? For they stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who chose you and set you on the throne of Israel. How the Lord must love Israel. For he gave you to them as their king. And you give your people a just good judgment, government. Then she gave the king a gift of $3.5 million in gold, along with a huge quantity of spices and precious gems. In fact, it was the largest single gift of spices King Solomon had ever received. And when King Hiram's ships brought gold to Solomon from Ophir, they also brought along a great supply of algum trees and gems. Solomon used the algum wood to make pillars for the temple and the palace and for harps and harpsichords. Harpsichords for his choirs. Never before or since has there been such a supply of beautiful wood. In exchange for the gifts from the Queen of Sheba, King Solomon gave her everything she asked him for, besides the presents he had already planned. Then she and her servants returned to their own land. Each year, Solomon received gold worth $2.5 billion, uh, or quarter of a billion dollars. Wow. That is $250 million. 
Besides sales, taxes, and profits from trade with the kings of Arabia and the other surrounding territories, Solomon had some, some of the gold beaten into 200 pieces of armor. Gold worth $6,000 went into each piece, and 300 shields, 1,800 dollars worth of gold in each. And he kept them in his palace in the hall of the forest of Lebanon. He also made a huge ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. It had six steps and a rounded back, its armrests and a lion standing on each step. And there were two lions on each step. So of in all, there was, also, there was no other throne in all the world so splendid as that one. All of King Solomon's cups were of solid gold, and in the hall of the forest of Lebanon, his entire dining service was made of solid gold. Silver wasn't used because it wasn't considered to be of much value. <laughs> King Solomon's merchant fleet was in partnership with King Hiram's, and once every three years, a great load of gold, silver, ivory, Apes and peacocks arrived at the Israeli ports. So King Solomon was richer and wiser than all the kings of the earth. Great men from many lands came to interview him and listen to his God-given wisdom. They brought him annual tributes of silver and gold dishes, beautiful cloth, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built up a great stable for horses with a vast number of chariots and cavalry. 1,400 chariots in all and 12,000 cavalry men who lived in the chariot cities. And with the king of Jerusalem, silver was as common as stones in Jerusalem in those days. And cedar was of no greater value than the common sycamore. Solomon's horses were brought to him from Egypt and southern Turkey, where his agents purchased them at wholesale prices. An Egyptian chariot delivered to them to Jerusalem cost $400, and the horses were valued at $150 each. Many of these were then resold to the Hittites and Syrian kings. Chapter 11. <clears throat> King Solomon married many other girls besides the Egyptian princes. Many of them came from nations where idols were worshipped. Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from the Hittites. Even though the Lord had clearly instructed his people not to marry into those nations, because the women they married would get them started worshipping their, worshiping their gods. Yet Solomon did this anyway. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And sure enough, they turned his heart away from the Lord. Especially in his old age, they encouraged him to worship their gods instead of trusting completely in the Lord as his father David had done. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the horrible god of the Ammonites. Thus, Solomon did what was clearly wrong and refused to follow the Lord, as his father did, he even built a temple on the Mount of Olives 
across the valley from Jerusalem for Kimosh, the depraved God of Moab, and another for Molech, the, the unutterably vile God of the Ammonites. Solomon built temples for these foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. Jehovah was very angry with Solomon about this. For now, Solomon was no longer interested in the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice to warn him specifically against worshipping other gods. Okay, I'll read on. I have some things to say about this. But he hadn't listened. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept our agreements and have not obeyed my laws, I will tear the kingdom away from you and your family and give it to someone else. However, for the sake of your father David, I won't do this while you're still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will let him be king for one tribe, for David's sake, for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. So the Lord caused Hadad, the Edomite, to grow in power. And Solomon became apprehensive, for Hadad was a member of the royal family of Edom. Years before, when David had been in Edom with Joab to arrange for the burial of some Israeli soldiers who had died in battle, the Israeli army had killed nearly every male in the entire country. It took six months to accomplish this, but they finally killed all except Hadad and a few royal officials who took him to Egypt. He was very small, a very small child at the time. He slipped out of Midian and went to Paran, where others joined them and accompanied them to Egypt, and Pharaoh had given them homes and food. Hadad became one of Pharaoh's closest friends, and he gave him a wife, the sister of Queen Tapins. She presented him with a son, Genubah, who was brought up in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's own sons. When Hadad, there in Egypt, heard that David and Joab were both dead, he asked Pharaoh for permission to return to Edom. Why, Pharaoh asked him, what do you lack here? Have, how have we disappointed you? Everything is wonderful, he replied, but even so, I would like to go back home. Another of Solomon's enemies, whom God raised to power, was Rezon, one of the officials of King Hadadiza of Zobah, who had deserted his post and fled the country. He had become the leader of a gang of bandits. <laughs> and gunman men, men who fled with him to Damascus, where he later became king. When David destroyed Zobah, during Solomon's entire lifetime, Rezon and Hadar were his enemies, for they hated Israel intensely. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who came from the city of Zereda in Ephraim. His mother was Zerah, a widow. Here is the story of his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding Fort Milo, repairing the walls of this city his father had built. Jeroboam was very evil, and when Solomon saw how industrious he was, he put him in charge of his labor battalions from the tribe of Joseph. One day, as Jeroboam was leaving Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh, who had put on a new robe for the occasion, met him and called him aside to talk to him. And as the two of them were alone in the field, Ahijah tore his new robe into 12 parts and said to Jeroboam, Take 10 of these pieces for the Lord God of Israel's sins. I will tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and give 10 of the tribes to you. I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen above all the other cities of Israel. Solomon has forsaken me and worships Ashtoreth 
the goddess of Sidonians and Chemosh, the god of Moab and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my paths and has not done what I consider right. He has not kept my laws and instructions as his father David did. I will not take the kingdom from him now. However, for the sake of my servant David, my chosen one who obeyed my commandments, I will let Solomon reign for the rest of his life. Um, I would like to say this. David also made mistakes, you know, but I think one of the reasons God always referred to David as a perfect man was that he was kind of the only king. He was one that did not worship another God, irrespective of the errors and the grave-sized mistakes that he made. So God took this issue of not worshiping other gods very seriously. Very, very serious. So, and um, Solomon paid daily with his life. Praise God. From verse 35, I will make, I will take away the kingdom from his son and give 10 of the tribes to him. His son shall have the other one so that the descendants of David will continue to reign in Jerusalem. The city I have chosen to be the place for my name to be enshrined and I will place you on the throne of Israel and give absolute power if you listen to what I tell and walk in my path and do whatever I consider right, obeying my commandments as my servant David did, then I will bless you and your descendants shall rule Israel forever. I once made this same promise to David, but because of Solomon's sin, I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishak of Egypt and stayed there until the death of Solomon. The rest of what Solomon did and said is written in the book of, in the book, the Acts of Solomon. He lived in Jerusalem for 40 years and then died and was buried in the city of his father David. And his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. Praise be unto the Lord forever. Thank you very much, everyone. Have an amazing, fulfilling day. Over to you, Grammatics. <coughs> Thank you so much, Justin Brother John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Stamaka for this wonderful privilege that goes through the affirmation as well as the communion. Praise God. So the affirmation by checking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name. I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, I, your name. My love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. The affirmation is on the screen. So that we take our affirmation in the count of three. One, two, I'm <laughs> 
Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At this point, we're going straight to the communion segment of today's meeting. Praise God. And I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Arenho for that amazing arrow session. Thank you so much, Sister Arenho. Praise God. Our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore Jesus Christ, the Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for us on that cross. Thank you. For he said, anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup lives in him and, we, and he lives in us. And today we do what he has said. As his royal priesthood, his chosen people, peculiar. We break this bread this day in remembrance of that which he did for us on that cross. We affirm that Jesus is Lord of our lives. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus as we break this bread. Sickness, disease, and infirmity is far from our being. We do not live by blood. But that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. We are vitalized. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Hallelujah. After the same manner also he took the cup, 
when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you too show the Lord's death. So he come. Lord, we thank you. For you are the balm of Gilead. You are the rose of Sharon. You are our peace in the midst of the storm. You are the air we breathe. Oh Lord, you are, you are that same God. You are the mighty God. You're the great God of glory. We thank you for this cup of the everlasting covenant in the blood of Christ. Lord, as we take this cup, we affirm that we are blood washed. We are sanctified, we are glorified. We are strengthened with minds by your spirit in our inner man. Thank you for Christ dwells in our heart by faith. And every day we are rooted and grounded in love. Yes, we come to the comprehension of the many-sided love of God, the many-sided wisdom of God. And we walk in the light of your blessings, O oh God. Our day is blessed. Everything we do today is unto progress. Thank you, Lord God. For we go forth in joy, we are led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills, they break forth before us. Everyone in this world looks to favor us does what they should do to favor us. Men and women, materials, everything works in our favor by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise. Go ahead and take the cup even now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Once again, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Stamaka for this wonderful privilege. Thank you to all our co-hosts. At this point, I'll kindly hand over to Pastor Inez to go through the next segment of the meeting. Ensure you have a beautiful day. God bless you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Stimbara Martins. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening again, everyone. We are quickly going to go over to the celebration segment of today's devotion. If today is your birthday, birthday of your loved ones, whatever it is that you are celebrating, please kindly come to the chat room. We want to celebrate with you. If you are connecting today for the first time, we'd like to meet with you and pray with you. Please come to the chat room, say your name, who invited you and where you are connecting from. Praise the Lord. Do we have birthdays today? Today is the 13th of May. Birthdays. Bad days, bad days. Do we have bad days today? If you are connecting for the first time, please, we want to meet with you. We have bad days. 
no birthdays, no wedding anniversary. Wow. Birthdays, wedding anniversary, whatever it is that you are celebrating, please come to the chat room. Let us celebrate with you. Okay. Um, Epi says yesterday was my colleague's birthday. Wrongery, but oh, wrongery. Happy birthday to your friend. Blessing Robinson says today is my sister's birthday. Her name is Joy. Happy birthday to your sister. Cause blessings now and always. Okay. Um, we're gonna pray for the celebrants and we're gonna round up the meet. Oh. Thomas said yesterday was my sister's birthday. Her name is Amaka. Happy birthday to your sister. King Hosani says, well, birthday to someone. <laughs> Happy birthday to them. Thank you, Oda Hosani. Okay. Um, do we have first timers? Okay. All right. Um, Father, we thank you for all the birthday celebrants. We thank you for a special day like this. We declare that today you will visit them specially. Today you grant all their heart desire. And today, Lord, they will experience you more like never before. They will experience your love. They will experience your kindness. They will experience your faithfulness in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Please let Candy unmute our mic and say the benediction. Thank you. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Oh, my God.